Welcome to the 27th episode of the NL Feast podcast, your favorite podcast about your favorite division in baseball. My name is Sam Clark, and with me as always, the tick to my talk, Brandon Gross. Tick is in the bug that gives you Lyme's disease. Oh my God, I always find a way to have this blow up in my face. Brandon, how are you this evening? I'm a little Lyme's disease ridden <laughs> okay, bug. Yes. <laughs> You know, I'm all right. It's a dreary day in L.A. You know, we get these once in a while. It's not always 77 and sunny, you know? It's not always sunny in L.A., Randy Newman. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Randy Newman. You're on blast, okay? (laughs) Um, Wait, so it's been bad there. It's been so nice here in New York City. Like, I'm not... This is not hyperbole. We've had, like, four of the nicest days of the year, like, in consecutive days. Like, all weekend, it was stunning out. Like, low Are you 70s, getting outside? High 60s. Oh, am I getting out? Baby, you know I was outside. Saturday, we did a whole park day. Me and Miranda and a bunch of our friends went out to the park and, uh, yeah, hung out and chilled and threw the football around, threw the baseball around. Mm, very um, good. I ate some subs, just kind of you chilled. Know I actually did a, I did a park thing. I've never been to the Silver Lake Reservoir. I don't know if you oh, ever okay. went there when you lived yeah, I'm here. I'm familiar with it, yeah. Um, I went with a few friends, and we were throwing the baseball around. Nice. And there was, uh, there was a ball got by uh, us, um, and there was a little kid. There was a little kid's birthday party behind us. Okay, cool. And the ball was thrown pretty hard, and the kid just scooped it with his two bare hands. This kid is probably six. I have no concept of how uh, I'm bad with children's ages, but he was tiny. And he he scooped it with his two bare hands and threw a rocket to me. This kid's oh my probably God. This kid's probably three foot eleven. I don't know. Maybe yep. shorter than that. I have no concept of how tall kids, yeah, kids truly are. Yeah, I mean either. You but he threw Randy a rocket Johnson. like to my height. That's insane. And I was twice. This happened twice. So uh my so question for you is: You got any uh, any special kids? Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> in your New no. York City park. <laughs> I do have I do have a similar story, but it ended much worse. Where uh, Chris, my friend Chris, and I were playing catch at a Prospect Park, and I think I threw the ball, and it was a catchable ball, but Chris dropped it, and the ball hit a kid in the back, <laughs> like a small <laughs> child in the back, and it was like a kid. Um, a brother and a dad, and the so dad was dad was very upset. What's up? Chris's fault. Chris's fault. Yes, I determined it Chris's fault. He might. He's a lawyer too, so he might be able to just like outsmart me in a, in a logical argument about it. But it really felt like it was his fault, and he all but accepted responsibility for it. But the dad was mad. The dad was like noticeably mad, and then the kid did something that broke my heart, which is like, he, Chris was like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry." Went and grabbed the ball. And then the dad was like not saying anything, like giving him a mean mug. And then the kid apologized for getting hurt, getting hit. Oh, <laughs> it was the most heartbreaking thing in the brutal. world. I was like, it's not your fault, little dude. Don't worry. We're oh. sorry we hit you. So uh, that's my only uh, accidentally that's interacting sad. with children while throwing baseball. You stories. know, my ki- my Silver Lake kid. And your which park did you go to? I went to Prospect Park. And pros and your Prospect Park kid should meet. And my kid's gonna beat up your kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is like a my dad could beat your dad up. Yeah, playground <laughs> argument. But the exact opposite. Um, but other than that, I we do get whipping it sometimes in the park. Like you do, you do start kind of wanting to throw hard a little. You're bit doing you're whippets there. in the park. I'm doing whippets <laughs> and throwing baseball. Shocking, we haven't hit more children, honestly. Um, and uh, and and we we have probably put more people in danger than you want. Because also just like. You don't want to throw a base, especially guys like me that don't really have a lot of uh, accuracy. I think the word is Brandon shouldn't be throwing like a rock essentially around like a bunch of other people. Like a football is one thing, uh, yeah. but baseballs are can actually do some serious damage. Yeah, absolutely. And we had someone that we were throwing with that was not, you know, was not on the softball team ever. Okay. Uh, 
and he was un- uncomfortable, obviously, like being near people. So we had to keep shifting <laughs> into a triangle as people sat down on their on their uh, picnic blankets at the park. We had to keep rotating to make sure he felt safe and he wasn't going to drill anyone in the skull, which he didn't. He didn't hit anybody. No. If anything, it sounds like you just like your scouts scouting yeah, local just... LA talent. You're picking up uh, <laughs> scouting <laughs> six year olds. You know. Hey, you know. Have you ever seen that Nathan? Do you watch Nathan for you? Yeah, of course. Okay, did you see the episode where he was like trying to like become a sports agent that signed like six year olds early? No, they I don't remember that one actually. And he was like going around to local soccer fields and the kids that played the best. He would approach <laughs> their parents and be like, "I'm gonna be a sports agent one day. I want to sign your kid now." I think that was the gist of it. Um, and that just that that reminded me of that. That's Nathan honestly that's honestly sad a little bit, right? Oh yeah, but. I mean, there's a lot of Nathan for you uh, showcase that there's parents, especially a, a certain kind of parent like a showbiz LA parent that's willing to just like sacrifice their kids comfortability in order to potentially make money off of them, like pretty mm-hmm. exploitive. Um, and that was just another example of it. There's a lot. <laughs> I loved that show though. That show also um, a show produced by Nathan Fielder that I don't know if you watched was uh, how to with John Wilson. Did you watch that show? I heard it's great. I watched a few minutes of it and I was like, not, I d- dropped into it midway and I was like, I don't know what's going on, Okay, but I feel you. I've heard it's great. So do you recommend it? A highly, highly recommend it. It's like, it portrays New York City in like an unapologetically honest way and like highlights a lot of the really weird aspects of it um, that make it great. But it was, yeah, it was so funny, so weird. Like, I don't even want to begin to t- tell you about it because like some of the shit is shocking. Like some of it's just like I'll watch it. Shocking. You convinced me. Okay. Watch a couple episodes. Speaking of watching TV, Brandon, Brandon and I did it. We finally did it. We finished The Sopranos, dude. Just in time. For the movie, the prequel coming out. Well, what was your feeling on the finale? I know you probably knew what was happening, what was going to happen in it already. Yeah, right? I guess I'm like, if you don't want spoilers, maybe fast forward the podcast. Um, okay, honestly, if you but, don't yeah. know at this point, Sam's being nice. <laughs> we don't know the finale. Come on, I, uh, I'm now excited to, get, to get on my high horse as somebody who finished The Sopranos three days ago and be like, if you haven't watched The Sopranos by now, <laughs> just having completed <laughs> it like a couple days ago. Um, so I read this this accompanying book by um, Alan Seppenwald and another guy, uh, Alan Seppenwald and Matt Zuller. I can't read his name from here. Um, it looked like his last name was Seltzer, but I know his <laughs> last name was Seltzer. Um, but and they would like do little like essays about every episode and like give it like cultural context and then just kind of like break down some of like a. Um, symbolism and stuff that's in the episode and i think that book kind of ruined the show for me in a way where i like wish i watched it with my own established opinions before like or watched it on my own established my own opinions and then read their opinions so i could like compare Mm -hmm. and contrast them how we both felt um but yeah i kind of knew the entire i didn't really realize it but just like having grown up like i knew the entire ending like i knew okay here's come spoilers that like uh, they're at a diner and that don't stop believing plays for like mm-hmm. three minutes in the scene and that it black out like and it's ambiguous and nobody really knows um, or, or like officially knows. Um, so I kind of knew the ending <laughs> and I wasn't my, my gut reaction initially was like this sucked that that sucked like damn they really just like denied us the ending. But like the more I, I read about it and thought about it and rewatched it like I, I, I can appreciate it and like it doesn't ruin the show for me. It's still probably my favorite show of all time. Um and yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. The theory that I read that I don't think it's true, but I and I can't remember where I read it, so I'm I'm bad at citing this. Was that it was David Chase, the creator, whacking us, the audience. I heard that, but I heard that theory as well too, which is a pretty. Uh, this guy, I wouldn't put it past him though. You know, this seems like that seems like a very David Chase thing to do. Like he he was not afraid to kind of do that kind of stuff. Um, 
that's an interesting one. But also, like, there's a bunch of like Bobby Bacala has like a quote in the, like the the final season's first episode, the the one where he gets into a big fight in with Tony. Boat. Oh, in yeah, the boat yeah. when he's like, I think dying is just a like blacking out. Like I think it doesn't. I don't think you see or feel or hear anything. I think it's just blacking out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that that's kind of a little bit of an answer. And I've heard anecdotally, I haven't seen like encountered it myself that there's like been instances where he's just explicitly accidentally said that Tony died or said something like the death referred to it as the death scene or something like. So who knows? He's probably dead and like just didn't. He didn't want to have to like show it though. I mean, a, a Breaking Bad spoiler. The Breaking Bad had no problem just showing Walter White get killed. Um, but even though, but people were still obviously. questioning that as well. People were still questioning, like, oh, is he, is he dead? dead? I mean, I interpret it as like, hell yeah, he's yeah, dead. he's for sure dead. <laughs> yeah, he's paying for his crimes. Um, but I think it made me want to rewatch Breaking Bad. I'm in the middle of Mad Men right now. I'm doing it alone. Miranda's like powering through Succession so that we can watch it together for the third season that's coming out. Very excited for that. Yeah. Um, Excuse me, I had a burp, and I'm not going to burp in the microphone, Brandon. I'm not some freak, okay? <laughs> this uh, is the burp pod. We're, we went through a, f- <laughs> a full regular season without burping, and now we're going to burp as much as we'd like. I'm going to chug seltzer water repeatedly just so that we can become a, the burp cast, Brandon. What do you think about that? The burp Seltzer's cast. the guy who wrote the Sopranos book, right? <laughs> I'm going to chug <laughs> seltzer and make a podcast. Um yeah, I don't know. I don't really have anything else to talk about. That's kind of been the highlights of my week. I got, I got as far as check-ins go. Like, uh, it's the Sopranos. It's the, been the beautiful weather. It's been like kind of watching Succession. Uh, and Rand and I have kind of been getting into a conversation. Well, how do you watch television? I guess is how I should start this. Like, how intently I, do you pay attention? How anal are you about like everything? Like, what, what's your, what's I your television? D- you know, what's funny. I think I've gotten worse at, at watching television. Okay, interesting. And it's I think it's ADD brain. I think it's COVID brain. Just because like the phone being there, it's like it's hard for me to really, really focus. The only time I really focus is when I'm in a movie theater yes. watching a movie because I'm I refuse to pull my phone out. I'm not yes, a crazy sure. person. Turn it off. So that's mm-hmm. what I normally do. I uh I am probably somewhere in the middle. Like on a scale of one to ten, I'm probably like a seven. Where like I will look at my phone if I'm watching a television show, but if it's something I care about, I'll try to pay attention like mm-hmm. pretty strictly. Um, and Miranda and I have been watching Succession, and Miranda, lover to death, is just not afraid to like totally miss ten minute sections of any television show she's watching, <laughs> and we'll just like leave the room, <laughs> come back, and like not pause. Yeah, it. I'm not like, gonna do that. That's... Yeah, it was, so we got. <laughs> There's different scales. There's a scale. It's Miranda on one end, you're on yeah. the other. I'm in the middle. I yes, that it. makes sense. That makes sense. Um, but I was just curious about that because I've been watching Mad Men, and I'm just like. I got my phone, like, Vulture did a little recap. I'm reading those again, uh, just trying to remember everything. It helps with people's names and stuff. But, yeah, dude, that's kind of all the things going on my end. You got any last updates before we really get into it? We really get into it. Did you watch any baseball this week? I watched baseball this week, baby. You bet your ass I did. I watched highlight videos. <laughs> yeah, highlights, that counts. That counts. I We're read well about informed, it. then. Um, I've watched some of the Marlins games. Yeah, I've watched some baseball. Um, there's one more thing I want to tell you that a funny experience happened to me today. Or not today, Sunday. I think it was Sunday morning. I was, uh, and then we can get into the show for all those people bitching like they don't know what they're getting themselves into. Um, <laughs> we, I was, I was, I picked out a DFS podcast. Well, I don't know how familiar are you with DFS, the daily fantasy leagues or like I you don't even know what you're talking about. Like DraftKings and FanDuel, like where you okay. make a fantasy. Oh yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's of course. Yeah. 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 So I was, list, I was, I do a weekly one with a bunch of friends and it's just like just us. Us and we compete against each other. Um, and I was listening. I found a random DFS podcast that I was like, I'll listen to this while I'm going to the gym. And I turn it on and I'm listening to it. And for like the first 10 minutes, they're not talking about DFS fa- fantasy football. And I'm like, this sucks. These assholes need to st- just get into it. And then I was like, oh, that's everybody that listens to our podcast. 
<laughs> like they they're just like get to it come on we didn't come these uh, guys are self-indulgent <laughs> <laughs> we don't care how you watch television shows weirdo <laughs> just get into the show um but all right brandon we'll we'll uh we'll bend the knee to those people and uh and let them know that uh on the on the show this week we're gonna be talking about the mets meltdown and just a recap of the season see where everything went wrong we got a friend of the podcast uh drew whose last name will remain anonymous for his sake who gave us our final check-in on the Washington Nationals. We're going to tell 60-second stories. We got a great Degrama de Week, Feast or Famine, upcoming series, and feature future fans. But, Brandon, before we get into that, we had a wild week in the division as we inch closer and closer to baseball playoffs. And the Philadelphia Phillies won their two series last week. They beat the Pirates, they beat the Orioles, and they did what we spoke about last week they needed to do, which was win the win the series against the easy teams. That's something we've said all year. It's like the most obvious baseball take in the entire world, but if you beat the teams that you should beat, then then you're going to be doing well, and they did just that. They showed up against the Orioles, they showed up against the the Pirates, and uh, now they're, they're in spitting distance of a, a first place in the division, two and a half games out. They are, but I don't know if it's going to be enough. Obviously, the Phillies are playing the Braves this week, so that's going to be the make-or-break series. They're two and a half, right, you said? Yes, two and a half. As of out. today, Monday night, uh, as we record. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be enough because the Braves, at the same time, won three of four against the Padres, a yes. struggling Padres team. So, yeah, I mean, they're in the ballpark. This series is... This is what our whole podcast has been leaning up to, is this Braves-Phillies <laughs> yeah, series this week. Really? Yeah, um, seriously. But yeah, I mean, you know, the Phillies, Bryce Harper's putting them on their back, but uh, you know, no slouches uh, with with Real Muto and and the the core. I'll say it: we normally say core three, core four starting pitchers wow, on, on the Phillies. I'm yes. talking. I'm adding Ranger Suarez in there. Add uh, his ass. Add his ass, Brandon. It's um, uh, one of the rare mid-season transitions from relief pitcher to starting pitcher that actually works. I'm like trying to think when the like I guess long relief guys can go into starting roles if they're pitching like five innings. But he maybe, was closing, like, right? But like he saves, he has recorded yeah. saves this year. Yeah, so he was for sure closing. Um, we got some stats. We'll get into Ranger because we're gonna we're gonna dedicate an entire segment to Ranger later. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is really interesting. And this division, you're right. We're like finally able to talk about relevant baseball because this division has been <laughs> such a disappointment all season. Because we were just like, we've got too many good teams to like the oh my god, we like all of the good teams were actually fine, and like this division has been a little bit of a disappointment. Um, but this late Phillies run has been really fun to watch. This late Braves run has been really fun to watch. They both really turned it on and like pretty much since August, pretty much since the end of the deadline. Um, and I don't know. I know you're you're sitting here being like, "This is it for the Phillies." That you probably it sounds like you're giving them like what a one in four chance of making the playoffs, a one in five chance. I mean, I just think if the if the Braves win the series against obviously if the Phillies win the series, if the Phillies sweep the series against the Braves, then yeah, I mean they're in first if they sweep. But they're going to be in it if they win the series as well. But if the Braves win the series, I mean, I, obviously anything can happen in the last series. But this is this is paramount to their their chances, right? Yeah, paramount. Is, it I feels say. like it's in <laughs> paramount. It's Warner Brothers to their chances. <laughs> um, but it does. I know we have a whole segment where we talk about upcoming series, but like we kind of just need to address it for this conversation because this is the final week of regular season baseball and it's a relevant thing to talk about. Um, both the Phillies and the Braves play subpar teams below average, if not average for your Mets case, the Braves after the Braves play the Phillies, they play the Mets and then the Phillies go into Miami and play the Marlins. Um, and I mean, the Marlins are kind of scrappy right now, but like, you're going up against a bunch of dudes that were in AAA. Let's be real. I love my Marlins. And both the Mets and Marlins have lost five in a row, by the way. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a. So tough. I mean, it's 
Yeah, I mean, it's going to be our, our edict on the crest. Got to beat the bad teams. Got to beat the bad teams. Put it so, on the board. It'll, I mean, it's, it is it is fun, though, that both of them can play spoilers in one way or the other, right? Yes, absolutely. Like, I think they both will hang their hats at the end of the season on hopefully, like, making a division rival not be able to go to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, will they do it? Now, that's a whole different question. And this, like, uh, this upcoming Braves Philly series is so interesting because it's a bunch of great pitching matchups. Um, I'm going to try to find them again because I was looking at them today and I was just, like, blown away at how great they were. But it's, like, everybody you want to pitch for both teams is pitching. Like, I'm pretty sure we're getting a Wheeler, Nola, um, Gibson outings from the from the Phillies. And I, we're getting mm-hmm. Eon Anderson, Max Fried, and I forget who their third pitcher this series is. Did you call him Eon? Eon. Isn't that what you've been calling him? I thought I was playing into the bit. I've never called him that. I thought you said Eon Anderson. Like kind of like our Dansby Swanson thing, our Blensby Blunsman thing. Excuse you're just me. trying to you're trying to recover. I am not, no. Because <laughs> I was never... reading those No, no, no. I was reading those names today and I was going down and I was like, oh, that's funny. Brandon always says it like this. That's a bit on the podcast. I have no way to prove to you conscious thought did or didn't happen, Brandon. But when that technology is invented, I swear no to way, you. Dude. No way. <laughs> no way. Oh, this is gonna lead to our first virtual fist fight, Brandon. We're we're going, put those dukes up, baby. You're I'm going sending down. a punch emoji to you now. <laughs> How are we gonna know who wins a virtual fight brandon please it's impossible. we gotta bring it to the twitter polls who would win in a fight hmm yeah i'm not confident about it just to be honest <laughs> it's somehow, ever, somehow everyone you, comments neither yeah, <laughs> like, yeah you no both votes. lose you frankly both find a way to lose have you ever been in an, an actual fight in real life uh i think only in second grade there was like this kid that oh wow this kid uh i'm not gonna I'm not gonna <laughs> say his name because uh, yeah i definitely shouldn't say his name but uh so this kid who actually Played uh, in Little League, not on my team, he was on another team, and his dad was a coach, I remember. Okay. But his dad definitely got arrested for uh, for being with an underage girl, I'm pretty Whoa! sure. If I remember correctly as a child, that's what happened. I, well, but first off, that's not what we fought about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not <laughs> Your what we dad's fought a about. sex pervert. <laughs> yeah. I'm, the um, vigil- I'm the child vigilante for sex perverts. Yeah, you're um, the elementary Dexter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, that's wild, though. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've been in one fight my entire life and it was with somebody who's like a lifetime friend of mine just like classic middle school idiots like getting into an argument and not having a better way to solve it than like lightly throw punches like nobody bled or anything but this actually did remind me of a funny anecdote my brother in high school bought sparring gloves and masks off amazon or maybe amazon didn't exist then i don't know But, but online shopping bought some sparring gloves and masks and we would for like a month or two we did like fight your friends in the yard contests to see how it would go. And we you guys just, need better marketing for that. <laughs> fight your friends in the yard. In the yard. Uh, live. Um, and uh, yeah, so I guess that, I don't know if that counts as a fist fight. And then one time at Palace, you remember Palace, the FSU bar? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I used to live in like pretty close proximity to it and me and a bunch of friends were there um, and some guy came up and started fucking with me and uh, and it would, nothing happened. Nothing happened of it, but it was just like a little yelly at each other and then that's about as... <laughs> That's about yeah. as far as it got. And then it turns out he was my neighbor. <laughs> and next morning, you're like, what's up, dude? Well, I think his friend, his the neighbor, that I, his roommate and the neighbor that I was like knew the best, not like we were that close, like came over and was like, hey, dude, so sorry about that. He's drunk. Ignore him. And I was like, oh, OK, fine. And that was pretty much it. So like, yeah, we're both two fucking nerds. We're not getting into fights I, at all. I had a similar thing at a Tallahassee bar where I was there with a friend and it was at the warehouse. Yes, I loved the warehouse. Yeah, yeah. So they had a bunch of pool tables there and uh there was a a young guy around our age with a cowboy hat, but okay. I think he was like a local, I don't think he was a college student. Yes, that makes and sense. And he put on a country artist that I don't even know. I think the last name is Coil. 
I don't know. I don't know anything about country, so this is bad. C O Y L E. Hold on, I'm gonna vamp a little bit. I'm gonna look. Please, look no, this please. Up. That warehouse bar. I had one of my roommates worked there for a while. They bartended there for a while. Oh, really? In college. Yeah, and I did a stand-up show there. <laughs> one of Miranda's first stand-up shows was at the warehouse. You know, they had a huge back room where you could like uh, had a humongous stage once. Oh Actually, yeah, I did that one time. Yeah, and um, they had a comedy show there. I for can't. My... I can't find this guy, but there is some artist with the last name Coil or something. Coil and. Okay. And uh, my friend was like, oh, who is this? And then the guy looked at him dead in the eyes. He goes, you should know who this is. This is really important music. <laughs> and it was like very aggressive where he was like going to kick our ass. And we're like, oh, okay, well, we don't. And he was like, you should know this, okay? That's so funny, dude. That's so funny. You know the country songs that's been haunting my dreams of late? What? Is that Applebee song. Have you listened to that Applebee song? The Walker Hayes, I think is the artist's name, where he's like, the fancy like Applebee's on a date night. Oh, yeah. I saw that. That's commercials running on Hulu, I think. Yeah, that song was written not as a commercial song for Applebee's and is like the number one song in America. That might be hyperbole, but it's like up there on. I'm trying to look it up right now, of like the number one songs, but like is just insanely popular. And I think it's the worst fucking song I've heard in my entire life. And it's uh, it's just it's yeah, it's so awful. The guy's like 41, too, which like no big shout out to anybody that's able to make successful pop music at an, at an elder at an older age not even that's not even that old um as i'm like turning 30 in six months yeah. I'm like that's not that old um, right i can do a country song but i, could, I still be, right but it's like yeah just the cheesiest shit in the entire world the dude looks exactly how you think it's just i don't know why that song just like really makes my blood boil well i mean welcome to modern day country music right yeah dude it's just also classic like ripped off trap beat bullshit and like the guy's like not really rapping, but not really singing, and he's like doesn't have like an impressive voice. And it's just like this shit sucks, man. <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> I fucking hate music now. Um, yeah, but yeah. So that was it. Anyways, the Phillies Braves, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Give us Dookie, goddammit. <laughs> Give us Dookie. Miranda was going through a top one thousand albums of all time, I think, or the top one. Was yeah, it like 1, the Rolling Stone list? Yeah, I don't know how. It was like a book I our friend that. Nate had, um, and Dookie That's was cool. on it, and she was like, "Hey, look, Dookie." Oh yeah, Dookie's definitely on there. Oh, There's so actually. Sorry, what? sorry, I interrupted. No, 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 you go, you go. What I said, it? did you see that meme Spazzy made about me liking horses? Oh yeah, that, that was funny. That cracked me up. It was, like, really it, it was from, uh, from Shit's Creek. Shit's Creek, yeah, Shit's Creek yeah. meme. Yeah, check it out. We'll retweet it if we didn't already. At you NL know Face. I retweeted it, please. Oh, yeah, I am so okay. liberal with the retweet button. Uh, it's just, it's pretty. Uh, it's I pretty know. I'm like, dude, right. you gotta stop retweeting Ben Shapiro. <laughs> <laughs> but he has good points, Brandon. He was arguing with a 19 year old, and he owned them. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the Phillies Braves exciting week ahead. Also, uh, our boy, your former boy, JT Real Muto. Yeah, dude. Great week, right? Walk off triple know. against the Orioles. Went three for three with four ribbies without starting the game against the Pirates. Yeah, um, great like, week. I mean, it's him and him and uh, and Bryce all the way. Dude, yeah. So if you're a Phillies fan, those are your dudes. You got to die by those dudes. He, I don't know what the specifics of it was because in my research, I was having trouble finding. But he like came in in the middle of the game, wasn't starting. Yeah, went three for three, had four RBIs, was like hitting all over the place. He had a walk off too in the bottom of the ninth against the Orioles, like at home in front of the Phillies crowd. Like Philadelphia is going nuts right now. Um, they're and... an exciting team, dude. I know we like were a little low on the Phillies initially, but like I really like Bryce Harper on this Phillies team. Obviously, love JT Real Muto. Like I, they're fun. I like them. And he has a new uh, n- uh, no shaking a, a no shaking head uh, gif. Remember, there was the one oh, with Jared Hughes running in from the bullpen oh, a couple yes, years ago, yes, and he yes, shakes his yes. head. There's a new one. I think when I don't know who the umpire was, but I think there was uh, a, a strike that was called the ball, and he gave his same exasperated. So JT funny, dude. He just looks so over it. And so just like, oh, oh my god, dejected. 
Dejected. Um, dejected. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I don't really. I guess I like the Braves a little bit better than the Phillies from just like a personal, like yeah, a subjective opinion. Uh, but if either both of those teams will be the team that I, I know it's weird. This divisional podcast idea kind of like rotted my brain a little bit, where I like went from being like these are our, our strongest rivals to me being like these are the other teams I know the most about so I yeah. guess I, I guess I'll root for them a little bit in the playoffs um but also the... something I have to bring up is so right now the Braves are at 83 wins and I said to you I said you Sam I said a few months ago I said do you think the division winner is going to win like 85 games and now you know there's still six or so games left yes right? of course plenty so of opportunity. there's still obviously plenty of chances for the Braves to get into or Phillies to get into the high 80s, but there's also a possibility 85, 86, 87 could yes. win this division. Yeah. And I was right. You were right. And I got to hear you say it. Brandon, you were right, baby. You were right. I uh, I know. And like, our, I, I was going to get into this in the next segment, um, but our idea of this division really just kind of went into the. I know I talked about it a little bit at top, just like our expectations of this season versus how it went. Like, I guess they, it was correct in that it was a pretty tight race the entire time. Um, but boring, but bo- boring, type of boring <laughs> and just disappointing. And like Acuna got out for the season halfway through and like, no, but the Marlins regressed when we were expecting this to do the exact, they kind of seem a little Miami dolphins esque right now, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah. And like, um, just okay. Quick little tangent. Maybe this should have been my family, but like, my only hope this year as a sports fan was that the Dolphins would be a playoff team and just like what a disappointing start. I I was the Marlins, I guess I I can talk myself into any of my teams going into the season because yeah. I'm a I'm an idiot. Um, That's good mentality though. But like I the think. Magic are expected to win 22 and a half games as the Vegas uh, over under and like the Marlins were not going to make the playoffs according to every projection, even though a lot of the projections turned out to be wrong. And I was like the Dolphins, they can do it. I talked myself into two. I talked myself into everybody. Tua breaks ribs, he's on the IR. Oh, Jacoby Brissett is a good backup, but he's a backup quarterback, like mm-hmm. making some bad choices, throwing some bad passes. Like, yeah. Yeah, man. Just a little hey, depressed I'll, right now. I'll say this. I'm not necessarily a football fan by any means, but uh, if you're a Mets fan and you're one of a Jets or a Giants fan, you're also feeling that as well because they're yes. both 0-3 right yeah, now, Yeah, right? great point. Great point. Also, um, the, the Jets, like... <laughs> <laughs> the Jets are so bad, dude. I know you don't watch football, but like they drafted, they had the number two draft pick. Also, I realized that we, are we really only have, yeah, this is maybe stupid to just insult other people's teams that I know listen to this podcast, but um, they had the number two draft pick this year because they were that bad last year. Um, and they got a quarterback, Zach Wilson. Um, and he's been really bad. <laughs> he's been really, he threw four interceptions last game through, I think two interceptions this Sunday, like just throwing the ball left and right. And I had and like, isn't their old quarterback, that's on the Panthers, Darnold, right? You pay attention, yeah. Sam I Darnold. know what's going on. They're three uh, and zero, yeah. They're yeah, he's great. he's like dealing, right? He's yeah, doing pretty good. Yeah, he's he's, he's playing pretty well. So like, if you're a Jets fan, you're depressed. I one of my favorite New York moments was I was leaving work and I was getting on a bus going back to um, go back home, and the bus was so crowded that I had to stand up right by the driver, and he started talking to him. I don't know how we got onto it, but we got onto sports, and I just love talking to local. New York fans about their teams respectively because like they just have the funniest takes and this dude was just like fucking Adam Gase oh my god and just like going off the handle about <laughs> the coach Adam Gase and like Sam Darnold and you're like Does, we never gave him a chance like just really was railing it's just so fun yeah they're, they're just such big personalities sometimes it's a great time well it's also I mean it's upsetting like I like I said I'm pretty much a one I keep an eye on the New York sports but I'm pretty much a one sport guy but how upsetting is it that the New York teams, aside from the Yankees, from those right, even though the Yankees have been pretty disappointing overall the last ten years, 
how upsetting is it that all of the New York teams are bad? Rangers it's have had wild. moments, I know. Islanders have had moments. But for the most part, overall, the sports are bad in New York. Yeah. I can't. I'm trying to remember when the Jets went to the playoffs last. I think the Jets went to the playoffs in like the beginning of the 10s. What do we call that? Was it, it was the early Mark Sanchez, like first year, right? Weren't they yes, playoffs? but that would have been like 08. I think they went sometime in the last 10 years, but I could be wrong. Let's look. Yeah, they went 2010. That was 2011. They won the wild card. They won the division and then lost the conference championship to the Steelers. It's uh, wild. There needs to be like, uh, I feel like a book on the psychology of playing in New York because it has to factor into it that all these teams are horrible because they all have extremely wealthy owners. Although a lot of the owners, yeah. with that being said, have all been very corrupt and not well liked. I know. I don't know. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, the was one of the the Moras. Is that the last name of the yes. or uh, the Giants? Uh, yes, that sounds owner. Right. At the Eli Manning uh, number retirement, he got booed to hell. Yes, I did see that. Yeah, he got booed to hell. Um, damn, there was another point I was going to make. Brandon, my dumb brain forgot it. What were we just talking about? Playoffs, New York teams. I'm scanning billionaire owners. Uh, damn it. I forgot, man. I but got yeah, a bad brain. New York sports is bad. I feel for you in Miami as well. Uh, but yeah, no no well, bigger... D- what? This is the thing. Don't even fucking feel bad for me in Miami because if I was a do- if I was Miami all the way, I'd have the Heat. And the Heat, like, that's true. We're a great team. They made it to the fucking finals. Like, I have the Orlando that's Magic. True. We're so bad. <laughs> we're so bad. The Magic have been so. I am not joking. The Magic have won two playoff games since I started rooting for them, and I think 2012 is when I started. 2013 um, is when I made the decision. Uh, I made like LeBron. I made the decision. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, woe is me, Brandon. The sky is falling. I do want to try to get like a, a, a Miami sports tattoo and I don't really, but I don't want it to be like a logo or something. You don't have like a tattoo that. now, do you? I have a tattoo. I have what one tattoo. It? I, I have this. my little stick and poke tattoo on my arm of the cursor. Oh, like that's a little funny. mouse cursor. Is, um, that, is that a, your roommate did that? I don't want to name him. Yeah. Your yeah. 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 Roommate, yeah, yeah. roommate did it. Um, and it's like a, it's a whole, there's a story. Um, gotcha. <laughs> I'm not going to tell on the podcast. It's I mean, a swastika, people. He showed no, it's Google me. He's lying. Up. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, anyways, yeah, that's it, Brandon. But speaking of, I mean, speaking of New York meltdowns, like the, I wanted to talk about this Mets season as a huh? whole. I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk about this Mets season as a whole because you sent me this really interesting statistic. I'm going to read it on the pod. Yeah, please do. Because that's obviously what I should do. Um, but it was that it, I have seen this statistic in several places today, and there's no better summation of the 2021 Mets. This is Anthony DeComo. No team in Major League history has spent as much time, 103 days in first place, and finished with a losing record. The Mets are mathematically guaranteed to become the first team. So the first team to have been in first place for over 100 days and, and then finished with a losing record, which, again, sounds like a diss on the Mets, but that is just as big of a diss on the, like, the NL East as it is on the Mets, in my opinion. Well, you're being nice, thank you, but I think it's a big middle finger to the Mets because I mean, I mean it's it's insane. But also, if you watched as many games as I watched, even at the beginning of the season, there's like oh, there was always something a little like ah, they're really good. It was always a one run victory instead of yeah. a one run loss, like the second half of the season. Like they were always like barely scraping by against like underachieving teams. Yes, and I mean. And off the field, an absolute disaster. And obviously, as we've said, the New York the New York media definitely has uh, its hand in that. Brandon, Brandon. Okay, what? you you just said the thing that reminded me of the thing that I forgot earlier. There was a really great New York Jets media member interview where the guy's just like, "Why have you been so bad for three years?" Straight up to one of the players, and he's just like laughing at him, being like, "Dude, shut up." <laughs> <The guy's> like, <laughs> he's just like, "No, but well, you got to admit, the last three years have been a big disappointment, right?" Like you'd say that, wouldn't you? And it's, like, it's so fucking funny. Anyways, uh, I'm so sorry to have interrupted. No, you I mean that. that's a that's a that's a great point because also you know uh, so one of the many issues 
that the Mets are going to have to address after the season is, are they going to keep Louis Rojas? Yes. And I was a defender of his up until recently. Okay. And I'll say that because the team looks lifeless and dead recently. <laughs> and I know it's hard, obviously, when you're slipping, but it's like the Mets technically had a chance. Going into the Cardinals series, there were only three games back, I think, in yeah. the wild card. Yeah. And four and a half in the division or vice versa. Um, so the Mets were technically in it, and then they continued to fall apart. Um, and then when... He goes on a show like uh, like Evan Roberts and, and Carton's show, um, and he just has, like, really vague, uh, you know, just, like, answers that don't make sense in the sense of, like, he was saying, like, yeah, I, you know, a game in April is just as important as a game in September. And it's like, yeah, like, at the, he was, his explanation yes. was at the end of the season, it's still a win, which yeah, makes yeah. sense, logically, yes, but... Uh, no, because if you're, this is your last chance, buddy. You know what I mean? It's like this is the last month. Yeah. So I mean, I think he just seems a little over his head sometimes. And I like him, and I thought he's going to be the next like legendary Mets manager, and hopefully mm-hmm. would be there for years. But I think whenever the Mets do bring in a new head of baseball operations, you've heard the Billy Bean name. We talked about that last week. Yes. I yes. do think that Rojas is going to be a casualty of that new addition. The Mets probably will get a more veteran presence in there if I had a guess. And I feel bad for him, but I do hope that he latches on to another organization um, and hopefully becomes a manager again because I do think he has talent. He's only in his high 30s, so it's like, uh, you know, maybe he our, has plenty of room to grow. Maybe our division is cursed and he's going to leave and just become like the 2022 Gabe Kapler. <laughs> dude, like, I mean, it goes to the Padres or something? Yeah, possibly. dude, that would be wild, right? huh? That'd be really yeah, crazy. Twins, another Padres, NL Weast, I don't know. Another NL Weast team. NL Weast. Team. <laughs> Maybe we cursed this entire division. You know how we kept cursing players and like dude, kept cursing teams? That's a phenomenal point. That The division became worse when the NL East podcast came out. And I'll As the, we, the only way to break it is if we stop doing the podcast. Like we start, <laughs> we go into we go into next season. And we're like, wow, they're all zero for sixteen to start the season. <laughs> uh, not going to happen, NLE. Sorry, you're going to be cursed for the foreseeable future. Um, but I guess, Mike, so you're you've talked about a lot of like behind the scenes changes or like uh, or I guess managerial changes and stuff. But like, if there is supposed to be an addition to a, a certain part of this team that you think needs to be addressed, what is it? See, there's a lot of questions. It's going to be even more interesting than last season, I think, uh, because the Mets have a lot of players under contract. They have a lot of players that are free agents, though, as well. So, I mean, Javi Baez, Stroman, Syndergaard, uh, lesser extent, Aaron, uh, not even lesser extent because he was great this year, Aaron Loop, uh, Jonathan VR. So they have all these guys are going to be free agents. Conforto, Conforto as well. Uh, And then they have guys under contract like uh, Lindor, McCann, DeGrom, of course, uh, Taiwan Walker, Carlos Carrasco. So they have these like big contracts. Oh, yeah, and Robinson Cano's coming back. So the Mets have to figure out a way to change the face of this team without changing that many players, really. That's like so on, the, on the yeah. offensive side, a lot of those players I listed that are free agents are starting pitchers, set from VR and Conforto and Baez. Yeah. Um, so I, it's going to be very interesting because all of those players I would be happy to see back on the Mets. VR had a great season. I know. Uh, Javi Baez has, t- I know. It was like, no way this guy's coming back with the thumbs down thing. But he's turned it around. He's really been, uh, along with Brandon Nimmo and maybe Alonzo, to a lesser extent, has been the only consistent hitter in the second half. Um, and he's a great defender, to, obviously. Yeah, a great defender. defender and honestly, you know, it is is exciting to watch him. So I would love to have him back too. But then it's like, okay, if you bring all those guys back, and Conforto like has not lived up to expectations, but if you look at the other free agents on the market, yeah, he's kind of not that different. Outfield you know? is weird right now. Outfield free agents are weird. It's like Marte, Marte Castellanos, then, yeah. Conforto, uh, Canna. Is that how you say his name on the uh, Ace? Mar- Mark Canna. I think it's Canna. Canna. Right? Canna. Yeah. 
um, yeah, all these guys are free agents in the outfit. And if you look at their their uh, more advanced statistics, like there really isn't one that's clearly better than than any other. So, uh, but the Mets can't bring back all these players. So that's true. Also, I, yeah. I mean, well, I, I mean, think. They- yeah, they can't. Yeah, I guess they, they can. can't. They really can't. Yeah. So, especially on the offensive side, like I'm an advocate for bringing back Stroman and Aaron Loop, absolutely. But on the and Syndergaard as well. We but, love Aaron um, Loop. We love Aaron Loop here, <laughs> below 1.0 ERA. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they, there's. I expect there to be some trades: JD Davis, Tom Smith, maybe McNeil. Although I don't advocate for that. Uh, I expect there to be some trades, and and uh, I think there'll be some creative moves that we're not going to expect this yeah. offseason. Um, I don't know. If you were the Mets, how would you how would you address the free agency? What would what would you do to fix this team? Well, I don't know because like the the starting pitching depth seemed to kind of kill you a little bit this year. But yeah, also, I mean, like, everyone got injured. Lucchese, yeah. Yamato, uh, the lo- guys lowered Peterson. Yeah, like even like yeah, but also like Degrom obviously missed substantial time, course, and like yeah. Syndergaard was gone the entire season. So mm-hmm. like he's coming back. I don't know. I think that's interesting too because I guess I when it comes to like a financial standpoint. Maybe it makes more sense to sign Conforto now because, like, he had one of his worst seasons, and I mean, it's it's obviously difficult to predict if this is like an exception or if this is just kind of the the kind of player he is now. Um, but I I think you can take advantage of that the dip in value, um, and you can this team can still be competitive next year in this division. Like you're talking about, like it's there's not a lot of places we can improve, but it's like. Well, if every if, if this was like a season of the worst stuff happening, and next year is like uh, the opposite or an average season, like then the Mets have a very good chance of fighting for the first place in the division. Um, especially if you assume how they, like how everybody's healthy. And also, there was like that weird thing this year where everybody was b- battling the injury bug so much, and it seemed to be because of like the weird COVID year previously, mm-hmm. and just like stop and start, and like all that stuff just didn't seem to, especially pitchers specifically, seem to be getting injured a lot more. Um, so you hope that that kind of gets back to normal next year. Um, and yeah, dude, I don't know. You already did the, tr- like you already got rid of Pete Crow Armstrong. Like you're, t- like you're getting rid of your big minor league pieces. Um, mm-hmm. and Francisco Alvarez, I think is another big one, but I don't, yeah, I mean, you can't trade any of you those can't, guys. Yeah. You gotta like, you gotta just leave those guys be. So, yeah, I mean, I think you're going to see pieces from the major league roster be traded, if anything. Yeah. So you're going to see Dom and JD most notably, possibly, probably get traded. Um, Do you think they they keep JD around, though, when the, the uh, presuming the NLDH comes back next year, though? I, see, that's another question. It's like also Cano's back. So is Cano going to oh, be the true. DH? Because he's on the roster for two more years under, or under contract, excuse me. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's, it's going to be whoever takes the president of baseball operations job or GM job as well is going to have their, their work cut out for them. And I have no idea. And also you have to wonder if you bring back Noah on the QO and DeGrom comes back. It's like, well, you have to wonder how DeGrom's going to be for a full season because he hasn't pitched a full season in yeah, more than two point. years. Then. Great point. And Noah right now, if he does come back, hopefully he does this week and throws an inning or two, he's not going to be, he's not able to throw a curveball right now they, The doc, on doctor's advice. So Ugh. it's like, what are you going to get from him next year? Yeah. Yeah. That's Carrasco has been terrible most of the year this year. What are you going to get from him? You know what I mean? So there's a lot of question marks. Tyler McGill is going to come off his most innings pitch. Peterson was out all year. Strowman's like the only guy yeah, that like the yeah. Mets need to bring him back because he's going to throw thirty four. Uh, he's going to have thirty four games started this year, which is the most in the majors. And that Gold Glove, baby, you got to love. He's got the a glove. Gold Glove. He's got a Gold Glove. Yeah, it's a, it'll be a really interesting off season for uh, for the Mets. And I, I mean, uh, for the whole division, frankly, we got to expect the Marlins to do something. They've all but alluded mm-hmm. to the fact that there's going to be some major moves come winter time, and the, 
Yeah, who knows? There's a. I meant to say this when you brought up Dom Smith a couple times, but I was doing that. Uh, I think it's Baseball Savant does those direct compare player comparisons. Um, mm-hmm. And there was a player on the Marlins that like first or second most compared to Dom Smith, and I was curious if you could guess who it is. Current Marlins roster. Current Marlins roster has been playing every game. Uh, Luis Diaz. No, no. But you're you're barking up the right, right tree. And by um, that I mean young prospect. Sanchez. Uh, no, it's De La Cruz. De La Cruz oh, really? Is, but yeah. De La Cruz is a righty, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he is a righty. That. And he pulls Those other everything. guys are lefties, though, aren't they? Lewin Diaz and Jesus Sanchez are both lefties, as is yeah. Jazz. But, um, okay, that's why I was going um, for them. But, yeah, it was it was DLC. I thought that was kind of interesting. That um, is interesting. And DLC was so... I was trying to find, like, his baseball cards, like the stuff that they make when you're a prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, like, so under the radar that there's just no prospect cards available out <laughs> there. Wow. Like, Imagine a hidden gem on, on the fish. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to talk to the offseason, though, because... We have to expect the Nationals will probably be shit next year still, yeah. I'd yeah, imagine. Sure. But it's like the Marlins are only going to improve, and then Phillies, same story. I mean, we'll see. Obviously, we still have a, a whole week of this regular season left in the playoffs. So yes, there's a, lot. a lot. We're getting ahead of, of ourselves, yes. and we're going to talk about it all offseason. But, you know, Phillies fix the bullpen defense. Braves, uh, bullpen, what are you going to do with that outfield? You know, starting pitching when uh, Soroka's is coming back. Are we so. assuming uh, Acuna's Acuna? Jesus Christ, Acuna is going to be uh, available at the start of the season next year. I mean, he's so young that like it's possible he could. I mean, someone not not to bring him up again, but Marcus Stroman came back within a season when he had that same injury. Yeah. Although Acuna's may have been uh, more severe. More severe. Is yeah. there a severity of an ACL? I really don't know anything. No. I'm not a doctor. I don't fucking yeah. know anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, Brandon. All right, we're going to move on to our next segment. Now, as we say goodbye to the teams the as the playoffs end, we just gave our little eulogy to the Mets. We uh, kind of been talking Marlins way too much because it's <laughs> the team I watch the most and love the most. So we talk a lot about a lot about them. But the other team that was, we're going to be saying goodbye to in the division this week is um, is the Washington Nationals. And as we've done this in the past, we have a great friend of mine. Andrew, Drew, some of them, some people call him Drew, I don't know. Um, but he has been kind enough, big Nationals fan, been kind enough to write um, a nice little rundown. So I got a final rundown, a little season recap from our boy Drew Brand, if you're ready to hear it. I'm ready. Okay, so there's a, lo- there's a lot here. Drew, oh my God. Um, so first things first, Soto. So we're talking Juan Soto. Soto complicates the MVP race by having maybe one of the greatest months since 04 Bonds with a 440, 600, and 720. Is that 770 slugging? Oh, my God. Slash line. Leads or near leads, majors in batting average, on-base percentage, walks to strikeout ratios. As a Nats fan, I still think Harper is the slight favorite for MVP. Um, he'll seal it if he drags the Phillies into the postseason. But Washington has a series at cores this week, so we'll see. So, like, I mean, we've talked so much Soto. We love Soto. Um, and he's just, yeah, I guess truly the one reason to watch the, the Nationals at this point. Yeah, I'm with you. I, mean, I don't know if you saw that. They had that, um, uh, was the heat map, you know, where they show. Oh, like, yeah, the spray. Yeah, and it's just like all of his is just exactly where the strike zone is, and then he doesn't swing at anything around it. Dude, and it's all top of the zone stuff. Like, that's an easy fastball to swing at, and he's just not going for any of them. His patience is insane. Robot man. And he's 23, 24? Like, yeah, just insane that you have that level of patience at that uh, that young of an age. Josh Bell has has actually had a second half to remember as well with 270 um, average, 370 on base percentage, and a 510 slugging with more walks than strikeouts. That's kind of surprising for Josh Bell. Um 
Most Nats fans want him extended, but as far as I know, nothing has been discussed yet. We're going to keep powering through because we got a lot here. Josiah Gray. We used to talk to Josiah Gray. Remember remember him, Brandon? Of course, yeah. <laughs> okay, I know. Just to, like, I want Brandon to talk a little bit, too. I feel like I'm monologuing. Um, has been decent as a starter, but he struggled with control more as the season has gone on. Didn't allow more than three earned runs in a start until his sixth start of 10 for Washington. Um, he has the meanest curveball that I've seen in a long time. Like, that thing is just like people are falling out of their shoes. I've watched him pitch against the Marlins a handful of times, and it's just like... It's deadly. It's devastating. Have you seen him at all? Yeah. Have you caught him at all? Yeah, I've caught him a little bit. Actually, not to bring him up for a third time, but Marcus Stroman also has like had a connection with him, and they were talking in oh, uh, right. the last Mets National Series. That's right. And I think they're going to try to work together in the off season uh, very as cool. well. So excited very for cool. that. Very yeah, cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, let's see what else Drew has to say. He said Kieber Ruiz has been great defensively and finally turned it around offensively about two weeks ago. In the past nine games, he's hitting four thirty two, four sixty five, six fifty. With only one strikeout and 39 plate appearances. My Whoa. goodness. He also hit his first uh, two Washington homers against Cincinnati last week. Um, oh, my God. Drew gave us so much. Um, Ruiz platoons with Riley Adams, young catcher we got from Toronto in exchange for Brad Hand, who has performed decently well. And they'll likely continue to platoon next year. So that's interesting. I guess maybe they don't they don't want to bring him up too quickly, get him started too fast. That kind of seems a little strange to me, though, right? Yeah, that is weird. I wonder why they're... Maybe is it a lefty-righty situation, like facing... Could be. I don't know I don't know which way Ruiz hits. So he's so. saying they're platooning more so than they would like a normal catcher. That's who what gets it sounds like, a, like a right? It's not a like week. a rest thing. It's not like a catcher rest thing. That yeah. They do. Um, what else? We got Lane Thomas, acquired from John Lester, trade with St. Louis, has been perhaps the biggest surprise of all deadline. He's a solid yeah, young leadoff hitter. Great. Yeah, I've seen this kid hit a lot. And center fielder who will likely compete with Victor Robles for the, uh, the starting spot next year. Oh, Robles, man. Robles, dude. That poor kid. <laughs> Um, we picked also up- great, by the way, great trades from the nationals. Like you're listing off these names that they I know, all got. Dude. And I was like, insane trades. I mean, them and the, but the Braves though, they looked like low profile. Like these yes. like look like Brad hand for like a catcher. that's going to platoon. Like, that's amazing. That's great. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, you got Alex Jackson for Adam Duvall not to dude, knock up the Marlins for a second, but no, it's like, that's, that's like one of the worst trades. The Marlins like, yeah, that. I like I'm sure he's a great guy Alex Jackson is the most frustrating player to watch just yeah. so he strikes out I think he's close to like a 50% strikeout rate it's like 49 something oh my god 50% strikeout rate Brandon you know how hard it is to be that bad my you god know, he's worth like a flyer though for the fish I would say that was worth a flyer yeah but Adam Duvall's like continued to rake <laughs> Adam Duvall's been just like really great which I guess I mean we had they would probably would never say this but I guess we, we sold the season out at the beginning but yeah we assumed we were gonna be bad then so um Luis Garcia and Carter Keyboom, our homegrown infielders of the future, are finally starting to put it together offensively. That's good to hear. And then that, okay, this is a nice little wrap up. That all being said, the Nats haven't been that competitive since the All Star break because our pitching has been pretty mediocre outside of Gray and Rogers. Our rotation is Patrick Corbin, Eric Feedy, and uh, Espino. Espino? God, I always struggle mm-hmm. with that name. Um, six, five, and four ERAs, respectively. Our bullpen has imploded with a lone bright spot the past month between Tanner Rainey, who got called up, and it has control on AAA. So. Yeah, I mean, that's a good little wrap-up. Jeez, Drew, you nailed it, man. That was so much information. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. That's awesome, and I applaud Drew for continuing to watch because I know it's been frustrating uh, for for all three of our teams, but I appreciate him watching. And also, the Nationals will have some exciting young uh, offensive players. I guess pitching is going to be the question mark for them going to the next season. But uh, Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, all, all great trades that they made uh, at the deadline. I mean, obviously extremely upsetting as a Nationals fan, especially seeing Trey Turner go, but, uh, and also seeing Max Scherzer yeah, absolutely Scherzer. dominate for, for lad. Uh, but yeah, 
Uh, very exciting uh, future offensively for the Nationals, but uh, just give it some time, babies. You'll be back. Yeah, just let it simmer. Let it simmer. All right, Brandon, we're going to move right along to our ready for it, Degrama de Weed. Brandon, uh, why don't you let the people of the world know just who our DeGrama of the Week is this week? We already talk about him. We love him. He was a closer, and now he's a starter. Ranger Suarez, the Suarez Canal, baby. We talk about great (laughs) baseball names, but, like, the first name Ranger is so phenomenal. That is so good. And I'm surprised it's not, like, a southern kid from Texas. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm named Ranger. I was going <laughs> to play for the Rangers. Nope, not at all. <laughs> no, no. This guy uh, has had an insane season. So I stole some statistics, as one does, um, and found this guy. So also, yeah, we're, 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 we're shouting him out specifically because he just did like uh, a complete game shutout. Um, and according to Johnny Heller, shout out to Johnny Heller, uh, Suarez is the first Phillies pitcher with over 100 innings pitched and a sub-2 ERA since 1972, Brandon. 1972! Ooh. Steve Carlton did it. So... Um, kind of puts it in perspective just how insane he's how insane he's been. And uh, and one more guy, Hunter Doyle at uh, at H Doyle Eagles, is the, says he's the only pitcher. This is a little bit of a convoluted stat just because of the um, the statistics, but he's the only pitcher in MLB history to have five quality starts, four saves, and a sub one five ERA when pitching over hundred innings. So just an ins- just yeah, just like an anomaly of a season. Really impressive. Yeah, because normally you got to be uh, obviously. I know he was only start uh, pitching like three or four innings when he initially moved to the rotation. I guess. Yeah. Uh, once uh, they acquired Ian Kennedy to be their closer at the trade de- trading deadline, but uh, but yeah, I mean, what a seamless transition! He was just like, yeah, now I do it at the beginning of games for yeah. a few mornings. Yeah, <laughs> it was just like or the whole game. <laughs> yeah, because I've seen both Mets and Marlins have done that, where they've moved a yeah. guy from the bullpen into, and it's at least every time I've seen it for the Mets, it's been an absolute disaster with Gazelman or Lugo. Like, yeah, absolute we, disaster. So we did it with Jordan Holloway for a while. And yep. I know Zach Thompson has moved back into the bullpen, but um, yeah, really insane stuff. Also, you know what I just realized that Ian Kennedy being traded to the Phillies opened up an opportunity for him to try to get starts. And guess who they traded them with the Rangers, Brandon, the Rangers, oh, the Rangers spiracy. Listen, wow. Okay, now we're on to something. But yeah, I just wanted to give this guy a shout out. Just a really impressive uh, uh, career. Career. That's a bit of an exaggeration, but a really impressive um, season so far. And yeah, just really interesting statistics with, with the saves and the yeah. wins number. If the Phillies get into playoffs, they. I know we were saying like, oh, they have three starters, but it's like, no, they have they have a uh, four starters, and it's like, would he start before Kyle Gibson? Would he start get a game three? And also, would you consider not having Aaron Nola start uh, games one or two? Yeah, we either, I think we that's either game pro- one, maybe yeah, Ranger we, Suarez or, or Gibson game or Gibson two. Game two, yeah, I think that's probably a more likely situation where you see Nola push down a little bit. Yeah, but obviously Wheeler's your dude, though. You you you. Get oh yeah, he's game one, game five for sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But um, all right, Brandon, moving right along. You know what time it is? It's dun 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 Feaster, Feaster fam. Let's go, man. We're really getting that down, Brandon. Um. I'm going to start. I normally don't start. I'm going to start. Brandon, we we have great baseball. We have meaningful, great baseball this week. And then afterwards, this Braves-Phillies series that we already talked so much about is an exciting thing for the division. It's exciting for baseball as a whole. You love to see two teams that are are in it in September competing with each other to fight for that division spot. And I'm just happy about it, man. I I went a little off the grid for this one. I didn't do a player or a team or something, but like... This is just exciting to have great baseball to watch this week as we wait for football Sunday to come back and baseball playoffs to start next week. In our division, maybe the only good week in NL East uh, division all year. <laughs> okay, that might and be al- true. And also, teams in the NL East can also play spoiler, like I said before. So yes, exciting 
uh, from top to bottom. So looking forward to this Braves Philly series, though. Ooh, tasty. Tasty. Ooh, tasty. What about you, Brandon? What's your feast of the week? Mine is Joe West retiring. Did you hear this? <laughs> I did. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm glad you brought well, did this you, up. Did you see the the play that happened in the, the Yankees-Red uh, Sox game last night? No. So the Red Sox were up 3-2 to two in the eighth. Aaron Judge is up to bat. Um, he fell tips it into, I guess, Christian Vasquez was, was catching. He catches it, but in the transfer to his hand, he drops the ball. But yeah, it should okay. have been a strikeout. Yeah. But Joe West called it a foul ball. What the hell? And then Aaron Judge goes ahead, and I think he gets a two-run double in the next <laughs> so pitch. It should have been a strikeout. Yeah. So Joe West, in meaningful games, now the Yankees are in first in the AL yeah. wild card. Yeah, they're, they're playing. Joe they're playing West blew games. it. But also, you know, announced he was retiring, so bye-bye, Joe. Bye-bye, Joe. Remember when we Joe— We did it, Joe. It was Joe who got accused of cheating that we talked about at the beginning of the year, right? He got accused of, like, oh, the, yeah. a catcher came out and was like, he used to, like— ride borrow someone's car was it trevor hoffman's car i forgot about that yeah and, and then he got really mad and won a lawsuit against him so Joe yeah West, he won like <laughs> tons of money I think. yeah it got insane defamation but, suit yeah uh enjoy retirement joe west uh if you want to bring angel hernandez with you we won't we won't complain yeah, please you see that weird video of angel hernandez signing a baseball for a fan i did see that that kind of yeah. rubbed me the wrong way i didn't really have like a reason why but it just seemed like he was embracing the celebrity too much which like for an objective that guy definitely likes that though he likes the oh, attention for sure. for sure oh yeah he's why he wants to be in world series games he went to court to argue that he should be working world series games remember that and also i'm gonna i'm gonna tack on to this uh have you had nestor Seon? have you watched a lot of Nest- nestor Seon? yeah i think that's truly day. no clue who you're talking he's about. a he's a new guy okay Every game I've seen, I know his name because he's so awful. So not to, you know, slander his name because now we're going to get sued and yeah. oh, <laughs> Nestor's going to come after us. But uh, but I'm going to throw him in there in, in the umps uh, that we dislike. They're, they're bigger fish to fry, okay? Okay? Don't worry about us. We're, we're doing fine over here. My, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing well. We're going to get to my famine of the week, Brandon. My famine of the week is the end of our team seasons. Next time we talk, our That's seasons it. will be officially over. The Mets and Marlins, the two teams that brought us to making a podcast together, because we said, why not just add three more mm-hmm. and, uh, and get a little market there going, a little niche market going, um, is over, and it's sad. You know, you want to see your teams make it to the playoffs. I know you're not much of a football guy, so you're about to get into a little bit of a dry season after the baseball playoffs. Well, you might, too, though, if the, fi- if the other stop, if the fins are No, we're going to beat the Colts <laughs> this week, and then we'll lose to the Bucks, and then Tua will come back to beat the Jacks in London. I, you heard it here first, okay? And then we'll be fine. We have, like, a five-game stretch in the middle of the season of just, like, very winnable mm-hmm. games. I also have a hundred dollars on the Dolphins having more than ten wins this year, or more than nine wins this year. <laughs> Dolphins, so you're going to make Sam go broke. Okay, please stop. I can only take so much. Though I do have a great bet um, uh, that happened. Matthew Stafford, quarterback of the Los Angeles Rams, now I put ten dollars on. Um, was it ten or five dollars on him winning the MVP, the the NFL MVP? Um, oh, and wow. the odds have already gone from plus eighteen hundred to plus eight hundred. So like it went from eighteen to one odds to ten to one, eight to one odds. Very good. Yeah. So like he's looked great so far. I'm feeling good about that that bet so far. Come on, I just need one hit, Daddy. If, if I hit here. one, it makes up for all my baseball and football. <laughs> it makes up for every good. mistake I made. So. I like it. Yeah, we're doing okay. What's your favorite of the week, Brandon? Uh, mine is the Braves Will Smith issue. I don't know if you caught Game Three against the Padres. The Braves were up four three in the ninth. Pretty much had to win this game. Uh, Will Smith comes in, walks three batters. Oh Somehow though, gets out of it. So it's it's an issue. And I know that uh, people like our friend Dylan Short have voiced their their dislike for Will Smith. What you know? Why isn't Rodriguez closing? Um, I get it. And you don't want to see that in a playoff atmosphere. No, like, this not guy's at all. having issues against mediocre teams like the Padres. That's right, I said it. And uh, 
And, you know, you don't want to see it against powerhouses like like the Dodgers or yeah, Giants dude. in the playoffs. So yeah. you got to be worried if you're a Braves fan right now. I know he got out of it. He struck out Tatis. He struck out Kim. But you can't be walking three batters because most of the time you're going to get bit on that. So I'd be worried if I'm if I was a Braves fan. He also, you know this, I have a I have a distinct, uh, I'll say it, hatred of Will Smith after the way he like mm-hmm. jawed at Jesus Sanchez after he hit a home run because he thought he was walking yeah. too slow. That's my least favorite shit. Madison Bumgarner did that to Max Muncy once. And I was like, this dude sucks. It made me immediately dislike him. Go back to your ranch, Madison Bumgarner. It's like you messed up, so I'm going to show off. So. Yeah, and it's like not even showing off that much. It's like. Why do you get to determine if they're if this is too much? Yeah, but it's just you know it's a whole thing. So I'm all I'm all in on this. Will Smith issue is a real deal. So, adios, buddy. Go back to a uh, wild wild west. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that a reference yeah, to the wild wild west? Yeah, it took me a Very second. Very good. But, um, took like me a second, that. but we did it. All right, Brandon. You know the drill. Now we've made it. Wait, do we skip sixty second stories? Oh my god, yeah. Brandon, we skipped sixty second stories. I didn't want to tell you honestly. I wanted to see what was going to happen. Well, do we do them? Do we, do we throw some sixty second stories in? Where what are where were we at? How, how long have we been recording? Probably close to an hour. Fifty seven. Fifty seven minutes. Hmm. Hmm. Do we give? I mean, we give the people so many stories, Brandon. We give them a lot of stories this week. We say we. I say we skip it. This is just an in memoriam episode of, uh, of yes, the Mets, Marlins, the Mets and Nationals. Also, uh, don't forget that after the baseball playoffs, you're going to get about like uh, whatever sixty minute stories yeah. <laughs> constantly. So uh, buckle up for that. Have fun. It's going to um, be a lot of I walk to get a sandwich type stories. <laughs> yeah, you remember how we were struggling at the top to come up with more than ten minutes of material yeah. because <laughs> nothing happened. Uh, there's going to be a lot of that coming up. But all right, Brandon, well, we're just going to move on to the segment that you do so well. Brandon, why don't you let us know about the upcoming series in the NL East? The Braves, they're playing the Phillies at home. We know this is the big one. After that, they close out their season, or at least the Mets season, uh, in Atlanta. The Phillies, after they travel to Atlanta, they go to Miami to play the Marlins. The Mets, after they play, uh, the Mets are playing the Marlins, and then they're going to Atlanta to close out their season. Marlins, after they play the Mets, will be playing the Phillies at home. Nationals just have a crazy ending. They're just in Colorado, yeah, and they're playing the Red Sox at very home. No weird. one cares. <laughs> very weird. Nobody cares. No one cares, Nationals. Um, we uh, normally ask what our what our favorite series of the week is going to be, but we all know what it is. It starts tomorrow. Braves, Phillies. Braves, yeah. Phillies. Yeah, we talked about so much of it at the top that we are good to go. Now, Brandon, we're just going to power right along here. We're going for that hour. We're going to go for that sweet, sweet hour that we normally blow through. We're going to talk about our feature future fans, Brandon. Now, we did talk about some Phillies guys earlier. Big shouts out to our friends Hunter Doyle and Johnny Heller. And I figured we were going to be talking a lot of Phillies today. So I was like, let's reach out to Phillies fans. I don't think we've done too much of the Phillies audience targeting. We want to feature some of them. So um, I reached out to uh, a guy who writes for the balls out the that balls out of here. Excuse me. Phillies blog. Mm-hmm. That balls out of here. Phillies blog. Um, and by reached out, I mean found a tweet of his that I liked about Ranger Suarez. Um, and his name is Matt Rappa at Matt Rappa Sports. Hey, man, if you got a microphone, we'd love to talk to you. We'd love to talk to anybody with baseball. Um, we'd love your stuff when that ball's out of here. So, yeah, man, just big shouts out. Hope you listen to the show. Hope you like it. Absolutely. We love we love talking Phillies. Uh, and especially, you know, if they're good, we got to hop on that bandwagon. We gotta yeah, be listen, like, We were on the bandwagon the whole time. We love the Phillies. Ranger Suarez. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're in. Didi Gregorius not liking vaccinations. Please sign me up. <laughs> Neither do we. <laughs> Dude, speaking of which, this was NBA Media Day today. And, like, um, 
there was so much bad vaccination talk. It was so so upsetting. I heard. I remember Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I saw his statement. He was like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. I don't know exactly what he said, but he was just like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, get vaccinated. And one of the yeah. players from uh, there's this big Rolling Stones piece that came out about how Kyrie Irving doesn't want to get vaccinated. The Rolling Stones, it, Mick, Mick Jagger's talking about it. Yeah, Mick Jagger's on stage. Like, you won't believe what's going on here, in America. <laughs> Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving. Um, there you go. Shouts out to our British friends. Um, Gave a was talking about like did this big piece on Kyrie Irving and like how he's anti-vax and like is running around and doing a bunch of awful shit. And they got quotes from an Orlando Magic player, Jonathan Isaac, former FSU basketball player who just like said the worst shit, (laughs) just like (laughs) like straight to the reporter, like cited it himself, like just was like admitted to watching Trump press conferences and thinking Dr. Fauci is a liar. And he's like. He's the only guy that stood up during the Black Lives Matter uh, kneeling protest that happened before games. Like, just not a great dude. <laughs> and it's so frustrating because he's like a fun basketball player. He's had injury troubles, but he's a fun basketball player and an FSU alumni. And like, sounds like a fun guy. Too. Sounds like a fun guy. He's a priest. He's a priester. Priester. A priester. He's a priester, Brandon. He's a pastor. <laughs> Sorry, he's a pastor. And he's like a 24 year old. He's a pastor. A priester is a Judas Priest fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he uh, he held a sermon once, and none of the teammates showed up his rookie year. <laughs> That's funny yeah. as hell. It's a biting commentary on what people think of him. But um, yeah. Anyways, back to our boys. Uh, I'm talking about basketball. We got Kawhi Leonard burner account. What AJS or what AJs? Who knows what he meant? But he's he's got a very funny profile picture that makes it look like Kawhi Leonard is, is staring at a, as a at a Buxty babe, Busty babe. Excuse me, what Buxty? Mm-hmm. Busty babe, and that really cracked me up. And he's. Seems like a funny guy. So I can give him a shout out <laughs> on the podcast. So uh, Kawhi Leonard's burner account. Welcome to the NL Feast Land. I'm sure you're watching Welcome this Welcome to Eagles. the universe. He's watching to the Eagles-Cowboys game right now, not paying any attention to, uh, to to the Phillies. But the Phillies don't play today, so why should you? So, Brandon, that's kind of about it. I, um, I'm going to make some assumptions real fast and say that I don't think that uh, I don't think that we got any emails or podcast reviews. But, Brandon, I will check if you want to uh, just kind of like give me a second talk. I'm hanging out. I'm hanging out. Uh, you know, I, all I'm going to say is really quickly, I'm going to give a shout out to my own Twitter account at Brando Grosso. You can follow follow me. You can also follow Sam at NL Feast Sam. He remembered the new change. Yes, I my dude. It. Yes, I appreciate that. So once again, no Apple podcast reviews. Um, please. I don't know what we need to do. We beg at the end of every show. Please. It's, say, our, it's, it's the last regular season episode, mister. Come now, on. Just that's a great a argument. Listen, it, like, kind of last chance. If you're some of the Marlins friends that I've made and uh, my, my friends and buddies out there that uh, that listen to the podcast, if you haven't left a, left a review, leave a review. You're hanging out. We talk. Please. Oh, boy, we're begging, mister. Please just we're, give us a little <laughs> bit of candy corn. Brandon, I'm not sure if I like this voice. I'm going to be honest with you. It gives me a little bit of heebie-jeebies gives me a little bit of creeps um but yeah no emails either email us nlfeastpod at gmail.com um we'll read it on the show we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about please send stuff to our inboxes um like brandon said follow us on twitter at brando grosso for brandon at slim oh my god no that's my old username at nlfeastsam the podcast is on Twitter at NL Feast. We just hit 100 followers, Brandon. It only took us begging for it twice. So that's I, pretty I good. begged for it. Yeah, I did beg for it. <laughs> Listen, shame. Shame is not something that we were very familiar with. Oh, but Brandon, I think that does it. Is there anything else you want to say before we get on out of here? Oh, please. Bye-bye, Sam. Bye-bye. No, <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>